0: What's up everyone, welcome to another episode of the CanadianGameDeads.com podcast, the interview show, Um, joined today by Mohamed uh, Hassan, who is a storyteller and recently did a guest blog post on the site called Why Do We Play Video Games? Uh, you may, fans of the show might remember Mohammed was, uh, and I did a podcast probably about a year ago or 10 months ago um, exploring kind of similar things. So uh, Muhammad, thanks for joining me, man.
1: Anytime, man. Yeah, it's almost been a year. I can't believe time flies and I'm sure a lot of things happened. I mean, you turn from Toronto game devs to Canada game devs, you know, so big things change. A of, yeah,
0: a lot of things. Actually, I think it was about 10 or 11 months ago because I feel like on Skype it it, remind, it said something like, last spoke to you 10 months ago on Skype. Um, wow, yeah. So yes, time does fly, because I, I feel like I remember that that interview, or that podcast like really well, like I remember as if it was yesterday, which is uh, obviously a normal saying. Uh, Mohammed, for people who aren't <laughs> uh, super overly familiar with who you are, do you want to maybe just give yourself an introduction?
1: All right, absolutely, thanks Steve. Yeah, so my name is Mohamed. I my educational background is from UFT, University of Toronto, I studied Bachelor of Science, I did... Um, psychology and biology, then just recently this year, I graduated from Humber College studying architecture, uh, so initially, I I felt like architecture, it fused the love of art and science, like it's like a perfect marriage between the two, and I felt like I wasn't really fulfilled in that way, but ironically, it's it wasn't any, like something completely unrelated to these fields was my love for writing, in particular, in particular storytelling, and um, for example, with recently with architecture, it's not so much of like I felt concerned about the buildings and how they look and how they function. It's more so the people's reactions to it, how they inhabit the space, how do they react to the space, how do they use the space. And in my, in my time studying architecture, that's, I was introduced to a lot of new softwares, Like particularly one of them was like um, uh, SketchUp. And then I found other game developers, uh, for example, Naughty Dog. They used it for Uncharted 2. So I said, well, that's interesting. Like video games use architecture software sometimes uh, to develop, le- like, for their level designs. Hmm. And so from there on, I was like, okay, well, from from my love of writing, I wrote two novellas. I wrote two stories. One of them is about uh, a person wanting to be to journey into the becoming a world's best public speaker. And the second one was actually right now just recently published a couple of weeks ago about a homeless girl wanting to be an astronaut. So it's all about storytelling. And now how did this tie into the video game world? Is that I grew up with the N64 in particular and for me Mario and, you know, Donkey Kong, those things it's it, it's it's more about fun for me when I was a kid. But then growing up with the PlayStation t- uh, 3, that when I was a teenager, I really Uncharted 2 was the main Game, I think, for me, that really it hit me hard to say, like, wow, story really does matter. It really makes or breaks a game. So as a kid, simple N64 was what it was. But then growing up, I was like, okay, well, nowadays it's becoming more and more of a conversation. Still, still has a ways to go. But hmm. with combining the writing of of um, sto- of my love for writing and storytelling, like trying to apply that in the context of video games. Uh, that's where i uh, that's the angle i took it at so here we am
0: uncharted 2 is like a punch in the face of just how amazing like what uh, like that when you look at that game compared to the other games that came out around it it's it's kind of like unbelievable like i remember playing that and and the, the cinematics and, and the story like it doesn't the story to it isn't really like that incredible it's like a typical kind of Indiana jones style thing but the storytelling of that game is phenomenal and I remember playing Dragon Age Origins came out like on the same time frame and just like the obviously it's two different genres but like the, the contrast of like what what Uncharted 2 did compared to like everything else was just it was like years ahead. Exactly. And, and Naughty Dog yeah. has been kind of one of the um one of the better studios in terms of in the AAA space at least for for storytelling and and their and their games across like Uncharted and, and Last of Us and whatnot. Exactly um before we kind of dive into to the post that you did why why do we play video games um let's let's you said that you kind of grew up on the nintendo 64 and the
1: playstation and whatnot uh what kind of games are you playing like right now right now well personally steve like i've i found like i've noticed um it's like it's like given the lifestyle at this point for me it's not about playing so much it's more i'm more on the sidelines like keeping track of it so for instance like spider-man right the new one uh on the ps4 things of that nature like really trying to keep up with it so i'm i'm again i'm not so much so on the terms of like you know actually playing it it's more so seeing the reactions of people and just being more of an observer right think of it like you know those kind of reaction videos on, yeah. you see on YouTube and things like that, like where people play. It's like I watch people play those, and then seeing like you know when you do your live streams and things like that. So it's like that's that's kind of where I am right now in my life. It's like I I remember I used to play all the time, and it's like man, amazing. But uh, uh, yeah, at this point, it's more I'm dibbling and dabbling and on the viewer side. No, I get it. I um, want to take this yeah. time
0: to, to promote the Twitch Twitch TV slash Canadian Game Devs. Make sure you follow us. Um, I'm glad you brought up Spider Man because that's yeah. that's the game I was like. Been playing, so I know you said you, didn't, you weren't playing it, but you're kind of just eyeing it. Did you see? Um, speaking of storytelling, because Kata- did you see how like I think Kotaku and I think another website kind of wrote a piece on the sort of the cops in those games, where Spider Man is very like pro police men. It's I mean it's kind of obvious he's a, he's a he's a superhero. He helps out the police and stuff like that. And the kind of controversy that Kotaku like brought up was that. The cops are like too good in the game in terms of what's kind of going on in, in real life with you know the um, uh, uh, all lives matter movement or black lives matter movement and stuff like that. Um, did, have you like taken a look at that at all, or did you dive into that? No, or? I,
1: I've I've seen something like that with GTA Five in particular. Like that's that's where I've heard it. But with with Spider Man, I think this is a great example of where this is this 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 is what I'm talking about. This is what I love is that storytelling is it it fuses into the the real life of individuals and it has uh, actual you know uh, meaningful reactions and stuff like that so you have you're blurring the lines between reality and so the fact that you you, you could step back and say well this is just a video game right mm-hmm. this is just a game this is people like you know for the younger generations or or if you were to like point at the younger generation to say oh this is a time to just have fun and enjoy yourself but let's say for the older where you you're taking those you're making those connections right with the police and and that it just goes to show that man this is really like there's something there's some power there um so yeah i've i've heard about that with regards to gta5 not necessarily with spider-man but yeah there you go just seeing how the cops and and that game shows it's I don't know how I don't know how developers do this stuff. You know, <laughs> it's am- it's amazing to me, like how how you have and I like I've seen for example there was a YouTube video, uh, it says like twenty details that you didn't know about Spider Man, right? And one of the cool things that like, if if you're walking around as Spider Man, you get to interact with uh, NPCs and they take out their smart and they actually take shots of you right or they, you give them high fives and things like that Yeah, it's actually. So i don't know how they program those kind of <laughs> it's actually yeah, like a trophy I mean? that so it's like
0: it, yeah sorry it's actually like a trophy that if you yeah. if you kind of like um say hi to like 10 citizens and you like you're just like you're never on the ground unless you're fighting in that game right like anytime you're kind of traversing that world you're swinging yeah. and they do kind of some smart things with um like, Jonah Jameson in the game is kind of like an Alex Jones type of character where he's just, like, very conspiracy theory and just complaining about everything. Um Right. So they And, and he, like, phones people that he's kind of MJ and Aunt may and people in the game. <clears throat> so the yeah. only time that you really, like, go on the street to not fight, you have to kind of, like, choose to do that because you're Spider-Man, so you're obviously swinging, And so when you do, you just kind of mash Square, which is your punch button, um, but when you're not in combat, he's kind of like giving the finger guns to to, to citizens and stuff like <laughs> that, high fiving yeah. things like that. It's very it's very funny, um, and kind of a cool little thing. There's a lot of like little Easter eggs in that st- in that game that make that world kind of like a a very like believable comic book world. Like it's it's New York. Um, it looks like New York. It feels like New York. But then they you know they throw in like uh, the
1: Avengers Tower and, and all this stuff. So. Um, they do really exactly. Really so like yeah, time. it's just like. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say like you know, so developers they probably they're, they're aware. I mean, like it just shows how cognizant they are that there are some players that just want to swing around. Like that's all they want to do. Okay, fine. But if you're more of the kind of player who's like, let me let me explore every nook and cranny of this. Of this, of this world, like, it rewards you for that, right? And so that's that's where you take things to the next level, um, especially as a developer. And as a gamer, like, you see, you get you get to see things that maybe others who aren't as patient or aren't as willing to explore uh, would be open to doing. So that's, yeah, that's some, Spider-Man I mean, for you. <laughs> I
0: have a lot of friends who are playing the game, and, like, I, I, I compared to them, it seems like I've kind of done a lot more of the side quests, whereas some of them have just, like, beelined it through the whole kind of game um the main story rather just trying to like finish the story whereas i'm like completing every objective just trying to be spider-man swinging around having fun stuff like that it's it's a it's a it's a lot of fun but to your piece uh why do we play video games do you want to maybe just kind of um like i guess summarize it
1: um sure sure yeah no worries yeah so the this is actually inspired have you heard of i'm sure you're familiar with the youtube channel game theory are you yep I'm familiar yeah, with that right?
0: Yeah, I'm familiar I'm not like a super fan. I haven't watched a lot of the videos, but I've definitely uh, have come across them over time.
1: No, yeah, because I know like you had your your recent hundred um hundred podcasts, you know, that, that milestone you reached and now and I was looking at uh, video game theorists and they were saying okay but i think they, they reached a certain milestone as well and they were saying okay let's go back to the fundamental question of why we play video games i thought hey that'd be great you know for in this case i thought of you canadian game devs i thought so so but this this the if you stripped it down to the basic uh answer you know, a lot of times you might find people saying that oh i play games because it's fun right mm. you'll it's, it's fun right that's that's a very yeah it's true but it's a very surface level kind of response so I'm so the the piece that I wrote in in principle the whole idea is because I'm again I'm tackling this from the angle of storytelling is, is a lot of times it's a it's a it's having the ability to live out your dreams that you otherwise couldn't right or having having some certain wishes that you wish were fulfilled but you can't you know for example uh if, if you were to go with okay let's look at spider-man perfect example i want to go to new york in real life let's just say i want to visit manhattan i want to climb uh, maybe you know, i want to climb though maybe not like, on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe some people say i wish i could climb up the empire state building but uh in real life okay that's not going to work out but as spider-man you know for i don't know what the price tag is you know for ps4 uh, it's uh, like a normal like in canada it's, it
0: comes to i think it's i always forget if it's like 80 plus tax or and it comes to okay so Canada's let's like just
1: 80 say plus a, around 100 bucks right so like okay. for 100 bucks uh, you'd be able to live out that dream right and you get to swing and so in real life if i was to go to new york Right? How much would it cost compared to that? So there's that kind of side of thing, right? Wish fulfillment. When mm-hmm. again, going back to Uncharted, I wanna I wanna explore as a treasure hunter. But in real life, okay, well, who's gonna, you know, that's not even I don't even know if that's a viable career option, right? <laughs> if you put on link If you put on LinkedIn that I'm a treasure hunter, that's I don't know, very <laughs> suspicious. But uh, but the idea is that you're able to live out a lot of your your, your fantasies, right? Your, 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 your goals, your dreams and wishes. That's one part of it. And then the second part of it, and again, we can, we can talk more in depth. I just want to give a high level kind of summary of that. So the first part is wish fulfillment. And, and the second part is really just to create, the, again, those meaningful bonds with characters. Like when we talked about this in the last podcast, is that you create that emotional bond with certain characters. I'll give you one example that I've recently come across. Uh, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. Um, there is, you know, Max Payne, mm-hmm. you know, awesome guy. Like, it, like his monologues, his the writing in that is like so superb. Yeah. I remember reading a comment or seeing individuals, they're saying, you know, I, at one point in my life, I was depressed. And seeing the state of Max Payne, seeing how he dealt with it, right, how he went through it and how strong he was to kind of push himself through it, uh, despite all the odds. Like that helped me recover right that helped me pull me out of that depressed state right so you can look at video games as well in a way to say hey look you know i have real life problems i look at a character who also has similar problems i can relate to it on that level and from there you can kind of get some sort of closure or healing or something of that nature right again aside from you know you can you can you can play games just for the fun of it, like five, ten minutes. You're waiting for your dentist appointment, and you pull out your phone, and there you go. That's that. But if you want to go with the more meaningful uh, connections, and you wanted to really dive deeper into the core, that's from the storytelling perspective. I feel like if something is told right, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, a story that's told right, like that creates. Like, why are people still talking about The Last of Us until now? Like, why are people still talking about Ocarina of Time for now? Why are people still because the core of the story like that's what really draws not only the gameplay that's that's a huge portion of it because it's not a movie we're talking about here but the story the story like that's what gravitates people that's that's kind of the gist of where i'm trying to go with this and really expanding this conversation to make it more mainstream i mean we're getting there but i just you need that push you know that's yeah. that's what i'm thinking so that's you, the gist of
0: do you think games that don't that don't focus on story or don't really um even kind of care what the story is do you think they have as long lasting impression as a game like last of us where like or uncharted 2 or whatever where a story um is might not necessarily like i'm I'm kind of talking about in three different categories where there's games that, you know, don't really care about the story. Like there's N++ which is a which is like a ninja-based platformer from here in Toronto. No story whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's games like Uncharted 2 or or Last of Us which does really focuses on the story but also focuses on like You know the graphics, the gameplay, all that stuff. Like it's a triple A. Like millions of dollars went into this sort of thing. And then there's games like uh, we'll probably talk about Telltale games because they closed this week. But a game like Walking Dead or whatever, where there's not really much gameplay there, um, or the Phoenix Wright series, where there's not much gameplay there, and it's it's just kind of a story. Like you're just sort of flipping pages through a book where you're making some decisions, sure, um, but the story is like the main focus like of those three kind of categories do you do you think there's one in particular that sort of stand out the test of time um i.e do the story do games story based like in the last two uh groups that i mentioned do you think they last longer in the minds of gamers
1: more than you know um games that don't really like focus on story or don't even have one I think that it depends on who you ask, right? A lot of times, like to if you're looking at someone, if someone it, it all boils down to what people view video games as, right? So if someone was to say like, you know, I only play video games just for the for the mechanics, just for the fun of it, I want to play Tetris. okay. Tetris doesn't have a story. It's just fun to put these blocks and shapes. Okay, fine but in terms of saying longevity um definitely I, if you ask me like i'd say the middle ground like you said like the last of why it's because uh think of it let me let me take it outside a different context here have you ever been to a lecture where a professor or someone is just talking about stuff and you can you, you spent an hour or two in that lecture and you can't remember a single thing that he or she said have it has that happened to you for sure yeah, oh yeah for sure yeah but but in that one hour or two hours of whatever, whatever course it is, let's just say you're talking about statistics and talking about numbers, you're like, oh, I don't get it. Well, imagine they told, like, the teacher or the professor told you a story about that, a story of how this came about, or a story of how the professor learned this. Would, you, would that tend to stick more in your mind? Like you'd, for, if, Out of the entire hour, you remembered that story. Probably, more yeah. is that that's more likely, right? I think so so yeah. same thing with same thing with video games. You you can have a game that's unless if the a gameplay is so amazing, right? That you can't forget it, it's like I got I can't put it down. I feel like the stories is what makes it stick. And example is uh Mario, like uh the first the original Mario Super Mario Brothers, it's not really story based. It's more like why is it so memorable is because it was the first time that they made addictive or it's uh, like gameplay mechanics that really worked out mm-hmm. but then as you progressed like as now time goes on you look at The Last of Us they are like okay well the gameplay is great it's important and that's what people do you play games to play you're not you're not playing a game to if you want to look at The Walking Dead like you said as a like a, like a novel almost you could say or inter- you know another game that reminds me of uh, what's it called Detroit Become Human you yeah. heard of that?
0: Oh yeah, we, uh, yeah that, we're, we're playing through it right now
1: oh my gosh, Like that game is just... like It's, it's, it's not really gameplay-based if you look at it. It's just like you're pressing buttons in reaction time, but the decisions the, that you make of it, right? That's, that's, that's kind of it. So to answer your question, I feel that, yeah, I think the, the games that do focus on storytelling, they have a greater chance of longevity simply because our brains are hardwired um, to, to remember stories more. I think that if you can tell a really compelling story and we can, as the as our conversation continues, I can share with you a couple of more things that I've learned about storytelling within video games. How the developers you make certain choices to um to to really bring out that narrative to the to the player.
0: So let's actually. So I so I already kind of mentioned them. Uh, but Telltale Games closed down uh, this week, kind of very surprisingly, I think, from a lot of people in the industry. Like for for myself, I I didn't think. They had an issue with funds, like they were kind of making all these deals across the board. They had Borderlands, they had Walking Dead, they had uh, Marvel with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that, Game of Thrones, um, some big name properties, and then just all of a sudden, I think it was on Friday or Thursday, um, people started tweeting out, like, I don't have a job anymore, And, and then word came about that of the, I think it was like 250 people lost their job. Uh, and there's about a team of twenty five or so that's just kind of finishing off a, a Netflix series uh, for Minecraft. Um, they, you know, I don't know about you, but when Walking Dead came out in uh, when was that, like two thousand eleven or twelve? I'm going to yeah, something like that. Let so, me look. Yeah, me somewhere see. around then. Um, like I like I said with Uncharted one, like that game was kind of like a punch in the face in two thousand twelve, April twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh, that game was another like kind of punch in the face where it's just like holy like and it's funny because they made games before I played the the Back to the Future game and the Jurassic Park one they made games similar to that but the Walking Dead one they they kind of just like I guess they fine crafted their their the their tools where player choice really kind of affected like whether characters live or died and and kind of how characters saw you and stuff like that like the one scene I'll always remember in the first Walking Dead. Um, and I hope it's not spoilers, but it's also like an eight-year-old game now or a six-year-old game. <laughs> uh, when, when you're in the freezer, and I think it's like the second episode, and you're in like the, the freezer on the farmer's place where they eat people, and the one dude who's like a racist asshole to you the last two episodes uh, has a heart attack, and his daughter is in there, and Kenny's in there, and you're in there, and I'm not sure if there's someone else in there, but basically it's like what do we do like do we kill this person who's having a heart attack or do we try to revive them it's the person's dad he's an asshole etc and the dude dies um no matter what you choose to do if you kill him or then he turns into a zombie and then you kill him so and like no one else lives or dies depending on that scenario but it's like how characters kind of think of you afterwards like if you kill the, the the girl's dad right in front of her like she she fucking hates you for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh yeah, game. okay, yeah. <laughs> um other or or then if you uh don't do it then the other guy hates you for kind of endangering everyone and stuff like that. So we were kind of talking I was I asked you the question of like whether what kind of group of games sort of stays in your mind, but The Walking Dead like really I still think about that game. Like that first Walking Dead game is is phenomenal. Um
1: like have you did you play many telltale games? Did you play that one in particular or no no but i was exposed to the the hype around it and i was involved but what you describe right there i think what what really intrigued you more than or, or i'm not sure if it's is like what really was attractive is it's i think similar to again now we mentioned detroit become human is the fact that you make choices and those choices have consequences mm-hmm. right and that that feeling of choice of saying okay well first of all the walking dead uh, as a as a series like the whole setting of it is very unsettling right it's it's not something you want to go through in real life like you know <laughs> an apocalyptic zombie era like that's not something but w- it's always fun to say okay what would you do if you were in this situation right, right. and there's no real world consequence to that like if you were to make those choices like you said a or B or C or D or whatever whatever you feel like you uh, you would do in real life you don't get affected but you can see how it's played out and the developers did a really splendid job of uh developing that to make it more of a immersive experience and so i think like that kind of game it's 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 i don't know how to dis- it's not really cuz when you think of game as in, as in like is it more choice based or is it like more forgive me for my lack of knowledge on this particular thing is it more like is it like detroit become human where you can walk around and you pick stuff up or is it like you have a cinematic and then you pick a b c d or no, how did that? Uh,
0: no yeah you you walk around and and kind of i guess solve these sort of like pseudo puzzles um and then you know you'll talk to different people and stuff and and there's like some people you don't have to talk to it's not uh, it's very similar to to how detroit becomes human plays out okay yes it's like little scenes that you kind of play out and then you know how in detroit like it shows you that flow chart or whatever like that um, yeah that's like the one of the greatest things ever about that game where you can yeah. see all the decision paths and you're just like holy shit like i missed yeah. that so much um, Walking Dead similar to that. It doesn't show you the flow chart, but it's all in the background. Uh, a lot of Telltale games are like that, and um, I always thought their writing and stories were were good, uh, and just like like anything, some stand out more than others. But that first Walking Dead game, man, was was so freaking good. And there was you know there was story driven kind of character choice games before, like Heavy Rain came out like yeah. two years earlier. So. You know i'm not smart enough to realize what walking dead did better to kind of like rocket launch that sort of genre of game um forward but uh it like the impact actually ign i think wrote an article on the impact that telltale games had i haven't read it yet but um they definitely had a lasting appeal on on kind of the industry because those games became pretty insanely popular and then like everyone sort of not it, but kind of took that mechanic and had their own sort of spin on it um so, it does suck that a lot of them, you know, that, that studio is shutting down and stuff just because of the impact that they had.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's only six years ago. It's not like it's, you know, a long time running. It's like, man, I don't know what to say. It's I don't know what the reports were like saying that it must have been internal. It's not, it's, like you said, popularity isn't one thing. Like, they definitely, they have multi-million dollar success. Like, the franchises are there i don't know what it is if it was an internal organization thing if it was who knows i don't want to say anything without yeah, like having we, the knowledge
0: for it yeah exactly we don't obviously know but like it was like i think it was a surprise to to everyone that they kind of shut down like for me it was always just their engine was crappy like <laughs> but when the first walking dead came out you can kind of forgive them um where like cuts are weird and there's kind of like frame rate issues which is strange because it doesn't need to be a fast... Like, you just need to really have a constant 30 frames per second. But even, like, cuts between action would be kind of glitchy and stuff like that. Their engine was always kind of a mess. But the, right. the, but the stories they told were were pretty legit. Like, I played... I've played, I think, all the Walking Dead ones. Um, the Marvel... The Guardians of the Galaxy one and uh, the Borderlands one. And, and I enjoy, like... Like, I don't... I, w- I wasn't a big fan of the Borderlands one. But, like, the story is still, like, solid
1: so yeah you can see it right there yeah the the story sorry to interrupt like the story you you can you can forgive the graphics if the story is great right so for sure
0: that only goes so far for me though because it's like there are five episodes and they're usually about an hour and a half to two hours long per episode so it's like the borderlands one was fine for the first couple episodes and then as it as it went on it's just like okay let's kind of just wrap this up (laughs) <laughs> um, but they're but the choices that they always had you do were always like kind of top notch so it, it does suck that they kind of um sort of just out of nowhere uh just like announced that they had troubles and that they closed down and stuff like that um so that's and and so is there anything other, before we move on is there anything that we about your piece uh why do we play video games that we haven't like touched on i'm just kind of browsing it real quick i think we have sort of discussed yeah, we- it
1: Right, I know that, that one quote from Nathan Drake uh, at the end where he was, oh, spoiler alert or if anything, like where, he, what did he say? Like, yeah, emptiness. Yeah, well, you know, as thrilling as the next advent, adventure might be in the end, you're always left with that same feeling. Sometimes you just got to choose what you're going to keep and what you're going to let go, right? That, that, that can hit hard for a lot of people because when uncharted 4 ended it was the end of a series and a lot of people said they grew up with it right like in 2007 that's when the first one came out almost 10 years so a decade long like you grow up with it right for a lot of folks mm-hmm. and so but they're saying like well and when it ended it's like well what do i what do i do with myself now right in a way so that's that's how story can really impact it but i really want to i want to touch on one quick thing because i sure as I was doing research about how storytelling works, have you heard of a game called Thomas Was Alone? Um, it's this like yeah, it's like it's, a, like it's. I think I have heard it, but for, like,
0: the, yeah, explain
1: it. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like where it's I think it's an indie game, and you're a block, like you're just a square, and you just move around, and it's storytelling based. It's like. The the I think the groundbreaking thing about it is when you design characters, typically you want to make it resemble human features, so it's easier to relate to, right? That's why you notice in movies like Pixar of uh, Cars, right? They have eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, Toy Story toys, they have eyes, and like they they, they typically the the standard is whatever have an inanimate object, you want to give it human features to make it easier to resemble. But this game really was, I guess, the exception that it was a, just a simple square or a rectangle, and you still develop that bond because it was uh, narrated-based, right? So it was just like a narration. You have a, not omnipresent, I think that's the word, like a third-person narrator just saying, okay, this was this, like once upon a time sort of thing. So that's one way that you can do storytelling. The other way that people can get invested into it through storytelling is is you a like we talked before about max Payne? you have third person people and you have a character and the developers spend all their time and energy developing a, a likable protagonist hmm. uh, that you play as right because if you hate the pro- if you hate the person you're playing as that's not going to work out well right you're not going to be invested because i hate this character what you know what i mean you have to have a likable individual so that you can have a third person pr- um uh, in that regard a third person character or you could have a silent protagonist like Half Life, too, where you are the person, right? You have no dialogue. Even, well, Link is kind of in between because Link doesn't talk, but, um, yeah, 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 he does those grunts and stuff, and yeah, that's always fun, but, uh, he's like in between, but the, I, the gist of it is you have a third person, you have an actual character you can relate to, or you, you would have, um, no dialogue, and you it's first person, so you see it. So I'm just curious stephen what what kind of what do you what's your preference with regards to game? do you would you rather be the first person silent hero where you can interpret the events as you see them or would you rather have play as a character um, that you like and enjoy?
0: If, yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't really like silent protagonists. I think it doesn't it it always leads to like weird awkward moments in the game. Um, like in cinematics, where where characters are just talking to you, and then you just kind of stare at them, and <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you
1: have to takes, save the world, do it, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it takes me out of uh of the experience, and I think since like Zelda and Half Life Two and 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 whatnot were big silent protagonists, I can't really think of um a recent silent protagonist uh game other than like a, the Zelda Breath of the Wild or whatever. But because I think back then having the like having a player kind of you know, talk during cinematics and stuff, but then also just having like all the different kind of choices and different paths um, has just kind of evolved since then. I can't really think of many sound protagonist games. I I'm usually not a fan. It's usually not. It's usually not enough to to um, tear me away from a game. Like Half Life Two is incredible. Uh, all the Zelda games are dope and whatnot. But it's it's usually it's usually something that I'm or, or Rage is another one. Uh, I don't know if you played Rage it was on PS3 and Xbox 360 pretty sure you're silent in that game and yeah. people are just talking to you and it's just it's always like weird it takes me out of the experience where I'm just like just say something just acknowledge <laughs> and or like I'll or like if I have control of the character I'll like move my head up and down just to like say yes even though they're not reacting to that <laughs> but to me yeah. it's like yeah okay I'll go kill those bandits or whatever um uh, yeah i'm I'm usually not on the one for i understand what they're trying to do they're trying to perch you into the character but the fact that you have no like uh vocal output uh has always just like irked me in games it never felt natural uh ever like i've never had a conversation with someone where i didn't talk for like an hour <laughs> or like or within <laughs> sorry within an hour i never
1: sp- said a single thing i've never like had that it's not real it doesn't happen usually that's a really good point never thought of it i guess on the on the flip side when like where developers are trying to go for that whole i don't want to impose another character because when you have let's just say okay again the last of us right you're joel and joel's a brute right like he's he's like he's not shy to like you know pull out the guts of someone but maybe in real life you're like oh i'm not like that you know i'm not i'm not that kind of a brute i'm not that you know what I mean? Like, and you're saying I'm forced to uh, play as a character I don't personally identify with, right? So, <laughs> right. That's, that's why I guess that, that when you're taking that away, it's like that's that's probably what they're going for in terms but, of that. But
0: what Last of Us did really well is they show you the world before it gets messed up, very briefly, yeah. right? And Joel is just a working dude, seems to be a single father, um, comes home, and there's like bills on the table and and shit like that. Uh, and, just, and like that's who you you're like, okay well I'm that Joel I you know at work or whatever I'm not yeah. dad but you know you can relate to that guy way more than 20 years later in a zombie apocalypse world where you had to kill people and and gut them out and I think I mentioned this the last time we spoke but one of the best things that Last of Us ever does and this is spoiler so if you're if you haven't played last of Us even though it's like a five year old game um, just full spoilers skip ahead in three minutes or whatever. The last thing you do in, La- in *The Last of Us* when you go to rescue uh, Ellie is they're about to operate on her, open up her brain, see why she's immune, and the doc- you storm into the room and the doctors are like have her on the table and they're all like you know they raise their hands and shit like that and the the really the only choice you ever have in that game is during that moment when you can either gun down the doctors or you can just take Ellie off the table and, and walk away. Right. And it doesn't really affect the ending in any way. Um, it I don't think I don't think it does. Like I, I think no matter what, like you kill the like it's a Sin Mac where you kill the the Firefly girl. I forget her name. And then you kind of lie. Marla, to yeah. yeah, and you lie to Ellie saying you know it was just a bust. It Doesn't affect anything. It just affects how you perceive that ending, where it's like what did what did this girl mean to you during the story? Like are you just are you just so like pissed off that she's like. That you love her like a daughter and you wouldn't let let anything happen to her Uh, and so therefore you kill these doctors or do you understand where they're coming from and then you just say like no not today and you take her away and stuff like that that's like one of the the best part like one of the it's such a little thing in terms of the grand scheme of that game it's a 20-hour game and that scene is like 30 seconds long um but it's such a like super like powerful like moment in the game because it's the only time you have a choice on what like what you do. Obviously you don't have to kill everyone, you can sneak around them and stuff like that, but that's like the only time that uh like the end like the ending changes depending on how I play it, depending on how you play it, depending on how other people play it.
1: Right. And then that's the yeah that's the that's a direct contrast between Detroit Become Human because your choices directly influence the next series of events, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you I think at one point you can choose to protest or you go on a rampage yeah. and then that's it, man. Like, you can't, there's no turning back. Like, you can't, you can't, like, what, and it's, the cool thing about that is it's, it's eerily realistic, right? Like, a lot of the, the, the way the characters are written, the the scenarios that play out, the way that things, it's, it's like almost that you can, not, it's like you can you have a solid educated guess about what the future looks like and holds in store. I think in the very beginning of the game you play as uh, Marcus, and you you see a bunch of people saying like, oh, you know, like these androids are taking our jobs, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like man, you 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 see it today, right? Like you hear people saying like that's one of the biggest, or one of the at least one of the issues that they come up. But again, it's just uh, it all boils down to choice and and having the consequences of that. So. That's that's essentially where I wanted to go with this. So, cool. any other things, even that you wanted to?
0: Um, I mean, I, I like I, I do have kind of internal uh, plan to just always mention Last of Us and how much I love that game. So I've I've accomplished. <laughs> I've accomplished You've got
1: to put it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I've
0: accomplished that. You're making me feel like uh, you're making me want to go back to Detroit, become human, because we were playing it. My wife and I were playing it, and then Marvel, uh, like Spider Man, came out. And it kind of just got oh, no, pushed okay, aside. Yeah. But it's interesting that of the three um, big Sony games that came out this year, uh, Spider-Man, Detroit: Become Human, God of War, all three of them are pretty like story, like big story based. Like Spider-Man, probably the least so, but it's still like a full fleshed out superhero story. Detroit: Become Human is obviously the crux of it, and God of War, you know, I think comparative to the other God of Wars. Certainly has like a really great story and, and actually spent time and focus on it, but the story itself is is like pretty wholesome and, and a pretty solid like journey of uh, with the father and son stuff like that.
1: Did you play God of War? I've heard, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I've see, I've uh, the thing is that that's actually reminded me of one of the other parts I wanted to make about the initial piece, right? Where, um, you know about super. I don't I don't mean to step outside of Sony for a second. Like with awesome. Super Smash Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, right? That new like the the characters one of the i think with storytelling like you said like you know that uh, sony has those th- those big three titles and even far cry right far cry 5 yep. um again i think people are now starting to finally like verbally vocalize how much they wanted a story like a, a, so- a solid story so with super smash brothers you have all these characters these iconic um franchises all coming together into this one giant game but one of the common requests and hopes is that they all come together in a story mode like Super Smash Bros Brawl yeah so so you know it's like it's like you have all these amazing characters you can fight it out duke it out have tournaments yeah it's all great and fun and people can you can have moments with your friends and uh, go online and do all that jazz and that's great but you know what I mean I think sometimes people they say that like, I want to have a meaningful connection like I want to see Mario team up with Link and I want to see this team up with that and oh imagine if this happened and you have again those fantasies come out to life right so with God of War in particular yeah that uh, I've I've heard a lot of again it's it's reminiscent of Last of Us because a lot of times people are saying about fathers and uh, parenthood and it's, it's weird that it seems that when you're targeting let's say like when i say older i mean like not teenagers like mid-20s 30s like that that age range a lot of times like the titles they tend to go after parenthood or family based you know is is that i guess it's because even though you're you know you're you can, what's it called, you can take games out of my life, but you can't take my life out of games, right? So <laughs> no matter how old you get, it depends on how, like, you know, it's sometimes it's like you, it speaks to where you are in life. And yeah, for God of War, it spoke to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wonder, um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a father, but I wonder how, I think I read somewhere, that, like, I think it was, uh, I think it was Penny Arcade. When the again, I'm to Mention Last of Us when the Last of Us came out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was it like the dude was t- was talking about the story based about like you know centered around the fact that he had a daughter around the that age Ellie Ellie's age who I think is supposed to be like fourteen or fifteen or so in that game, and then in God of War it's it, you know your son is I think is supposed to be around eight or ten or so, um, and you wonder how you know. You, you always wonder, like, in the parallel, like, I always wonder in the parallel universe, like, how this kind of re- reflects on, on the Steve who does have a son or whatever and, and maybe, it, it's always, like, you always kind of take pieces of games and just relate them to um, to what you're going through, like, in real life. So, like, how I play God of War is probably really different compared to how, like, a someone out there who is a father and just recently lost their, his wife and has, like, a son, like, Who's in a pretty similar situation in terms of just having that scenario? Obviously they're not gonna go fight around gods, but like, we're gonna play that same exact game. There's not much choices in God of War. We're gonna play that exact same game, um, but have like completely different perspectives on like how we handled every like situation and stuff like that. So I think that's like that's something that always um I don't know, it doesn't get discussed that much or it doesn't get brought up that much about video games. It's just that we're all kind of looking at this like with different perspectives but you're interacting with it so it's like you're actually like you're actually kratos um quote unquote and trying to like protect your son and stuff like that um
1: yeah it's like with, with video games or any kind of work of art you always you'll always find that it's much better when you draw upon your own experience like if, as the artist you always want to be able to draw upon your experiences as best because as, that's what makes it real right if, if someone let's say for example someone's never been to china Mm-hmm. like never step foot in on Chinese soil and you start creating a game about based in China and you have no knowledge at all of the culture no knowledge at all about how the people interact or no knowledge at all even how the buildings look like how do you think it's going to turn out it's not going to like you, you immediately get turned off by it because you're saying like this is not authentic this is like but when someone says that like you know as I'm making this game I was also going through uh parenthood and these are the kind of questions i had these are the insecurities. these are because this is not you know being a being a parent isn't uh, an easy task it's a big responsibility and you have a lot of things you don't get a handbook there's no like rule book that says okay here's how to you know raise a child right it'd be nice <laughs> if you could but you know it's not like that it's not as simple as that so i think when you draw upon those own your, your own experiences your emotions that's what people will respond to and and if they and if it's not authentic they can sniff it out in a heartbeat right like so that's that's why i remember even outside of video games pixar you know finding nemo yeah the john lasseter i remember watching an interview of him he said like he he's such a big believer on experiential research he took his crew and they went into like they took um, scuba diving lessons like to test out the water feel the water and stuff so everything you see in there it's all about like they they've dealt it like they've really enriched themselves in the place and so any good storytelling uh individuals which i feel like is 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 kind of in the back burner for a lot of folks right a lot of people say oh i just want to pump out as much money as i can not not again painting everybody with the same brush but it's more like how am i going to make a cash grab and um you know a story can be shoved in there somehow miraculously everything will work but I remember I was watching a thing where they're saying that uh, generally speaking, I don't know about indie titles, but for AAA titles, I don't know if it's vice versa. The idea is that the writer or the narrative designer is is brought in almost at the end of the project. So you're as a narrative designer. Suppose if I say, hey Steve, you know, uh, you know, we just made this game. It's like seventy percent done. Here's what we have. Here's all the levels we made. Here's the assets. Here's the characters, and now I just want you to go ahead and put it all together, <laughs> right? So that's 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 probably that's the res- like when you see games that aren't as rich in story, that's the, that's the result. A lot of times it's because of that. Like you come in halfway or near the end, and you're expected to just put everything together, and without that touch, without that. Uh, authentic like without from day one like how are you going to create something that's meaningful that's why you sometimes you hear characters they have laughable dialogue right and it's it's like what is this and but when you say with the walking dead for you it's like really like yeah it hits home until now six years later still think about it last of us again having that plug in five years later you're still thinking (laughs) it's all it's all it's all because of that you know like they started they knew from day one like this in order for it to be believable as a character as a player you immerse yourself in it and then one more thing before uh before uh, there was this other guy there's this i forgot his name oh man i I should maybe send you the link or something have you heard of gdc talks it's like ted talks for gamers
0: uh oh i I know of gdc Um, okay yeah
1: so gdc right so there was this one guy he um was talking about how he started his game uh like he's indie and he, uh he, he he was talking about his whole process really really cool and one of the things i got from it was when he was giving his when he was showcasing his demo mm-hmm. he noticed that a lot of players were only gonna play for like five minutes and then they left it and he's like already that was a huge red flag right because if i have a game i work my i pour my heart sweat and tears into this and you're only gonna play for five minutes and then you're gonna leave that's like the equivalent of opening up a restaurant and you have all this food and somebody comes in and just takes one sample and then leaves, right? It's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So the point, the 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 main last message is, it's immersion. How do I get the player to sit down, play the game for at least an hour, and then like I'll know I have something. And so. When you have those moments, and a great, great, effective, well-told story, that is, I think, surefire—the best way you can get someone to sit on their seats and really immerse themselves—and that's when you find that disconnect and a lot of the frustrations that people come, ah, oh, this doesn't make sense. Oh, it's not, and forget about lag and bugs and the technical aspects. Like, if I'm not, if I, if you don't win my heart in the first thirty seconds, like, especially in this modern era of. Uh, It's like in this modern era of like instantaneous, instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. Your high-speed internet. I order something on Amazon. I need it right now. Everything has to be immediate. You're fighting for seconds. You're not fighting for hours. And nonetheless, we're not talking like long pages of text in a novel. Like you. That's why you know. So you got to be immersed from day one, and like within the like you got to grab the attention within the first minute or so. If not, it's you know just a simple switch off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very, very, uh, no, I agree. Very well said. Um, just as a friendly reminder, Patreons get the podcast and all the interviews and all that stuff, uh, early. So you can go to patreoncom cleaning game desk to help support the site. Um, Muhammad, is there anything that we – is I can't think. Is there anything that we missed? I was just like glancing over your thing again. I think we've kind of touched on it. I think that we had a good conversation on stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing, one new word I guess for listeners today like that I learned that I think would be really cool to explain a lot of times. Have you ever met someone, Steve, that is like in love with a celebrity that they never met before? You ever had that moment? Uh, like, Or you've seen – Or people like they just there's they're so drawn towards one celebrity or drawn towards one thing. They have posters of it, they can't stop talking about it. And they've never met them before. Right? Okay. I mean I love Will Smith and I've never met Will Smith. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. But um in the video in in in, one of the things that makes that so attractive for folks is like why they're so like they follow on Instagram, Twitter, and they buy their merchandise and they buy, you know, this, that and the other. There's a term for this it's called a one si- it's a one-sided relationship mm. and it's ca- and what I learned and if you are to apply it in the world of gaming it's called parasocial relationships parasocial one-sided right like if you are if you see someone who is really attached to a video game character all right there's a good sh- like you you can make all not assumptions, you can have your own impression of that character, you can list all the attributes of that character, you can connect with that character, and the character, it will never let you down, because it doesn't interact directly with you, in a real life scenario, why are so many people afraid of of marriage or commitment, because they say, if I give my heart up to someone, and they don't love me back, then you're heartbroken, right, and mm-hmm. So so with the video game world one of the most attract one of the I think attract there's so many things we can talk about but one of the most attractive uh, components is I can love Max Payne I can love him as a character and say like man I really lo- I like this guy I really want to um you want to be like him you know he's so cool and amazing and this Max Payne will never like come after you or, or let you down because sometimes even you meet your your role models or your celebrities and they could They could let you down, like they could say you you think of this person as one thing, but then it turns out that they're someone else, and you see that all the time. So that's the other cool little thing that I learned about parasocial relationships of saying like you know, uh, one-sided thing. It's it's a deep psychological component I never thought of, and uh, it's probably one of the reasons aside from compelling gameplay. I mean, sorry, compelling stories and gameplays. Just having that one-sided. Uh, relationship with the characters to uh to develop that emotional bond
0: yeah they they say never meet your your idols actually it's funny you mentioned that because i i uh i also loved love rush the band uh and um the the main uh vocalist and bassist is gay lee and i ran into gay lee on the street with oh wow um one day he was with uh, some other guy and he was with Alex Anthopoulos who was the former GM of the Blue Jays at the time it was after that se- that season they made the playoffs and he was his contract was up in the air so mm-hmm. I, I saw Alex Anthopoulos and i was like oh man thank you so much you made the playoffs i hope you stay blah 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 and then Gay lee was there too and and he was like and i was like oh Gay lee i'm a huge fan i've been listening to rush with my you know my dad introduced them to me when i was 10 blah blah, blah. and uh and Gay lee, who probably gets that shit all the time just like brushed me off he didn't really like seem to give a Aww. shit at all and yeah, i was yeah, just like cool. "Gay Lee, like <laughs> you're uh-huh. yeah. but i but i introduced I, I, I ran into him when he was trying to go out for lunch and stuff like that i'm sure he gets people all the time they've been performing music for like 50 years or some shit um but it was just kind of like eh, a rush you Gay Lee, gayly you broke my heart a little bit
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> you, but you but, didn't uh, even uh, know but, you had
0: my heart but you broke it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but there yeah i know i mean like and don't forget like sometimes there are some circumstances you don't know like you said like he probably was flooded that day with stuff and th- you can only do so much as a person but there you go that's that's one of the that's yeah, an I'm, example right yeah, so but exactly. but for Everyone you has, but you bounce oh sorry yeah you bounce back from that pretty quick right like yeah. it's not <laughs> i didn't let people, ruin my day <laughs> no but there is some in, like just uh like there are some individuals like they're heartbroken. it's like man it's like buddy like this is like they can take it so far, and they're like saying that they're, you know, it's it's amazing how the human mind works. And yeah. the more the more aware you are of certain things, like you don't want to get too. Some people say, "Oh, you're ruining games. Oh, you're ruining it. Like you're ruining the experience because you're getting too philosophical or psychological." I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what? At the end of the day, it's like, I don't know if you heard this, but. Um, I think earlier this year, the World Health Organization declared uh, yes. something about. They declared like there's a.
0: There's a. I um, um, uh, want to say it's like you can become addictive. Yeah, addictive yeah. To the, games, uh, like it's a medical
1: I, thing that they. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there you go, right? So there's you have a healthy way of, of playing like again it's like moderation stuff like i'm not a doctor or anything so i'm not i'm not going to comment like that but the idea is that it, just the fact that the world health organization issued a statement like that and say all right we're we're going to officially declare this as a mental health thing that tells you that how many people are in this vicious cycle and that this needs to you know the it's it, it can get out of hand really quick and uh, you know what i mean but i'm telling you sometimes story that's why at the at the end of my piece i wrote down sometimes stories can save us from ourselves sometimes you know with the right story maybe someone is super depressed like i told you before about the guy and then he saw max Payne and he got him out of it right that's he could that game could save that individual or it could you know be it's uh, the other way around where somebody can just be so completely immersed in a game and that they they neglect their their real life um, responsibilities and that's dangerous right so it's all about how you make of it and it's a tool like anything else but you know i mean just having these kind of conversations of saying look like storytelling is a pretty powerful thing and i've I don't know if or if we're going to wrap up soon because I just want to mention something that I was trying to do with this whole storytelling component. I don't want to just I don't want to just say that oh, you know, it's one thing to make an observation. I wanted to I don't know if you know anything about this Steve or you can lead me in the right direction like you know how Unreal Engine, you mm-hmm. have Unreal Engine or Unity, right? Where people who are, let's say, oh, you know, I want to make a game. Okay, great. There you go. There you just go hop onto Unreal Engine or Unity. You learn all the stuff and, and you can make something out of it, right? Fine. Yeah. But But I was saying, what if there was like a program or if there was some sort of thing, like a hub where people can go to that's all about effective storytelling? Because... You know, a lot of times nowadays, like with uh, if I was to, let's say, let's say both of us were working on, uh, I don't know, another AAA title, like who would we, we would have to call upon a consultant, right, to probably, that's, that's one thing I wouldn't say is like a consultant, a workshop, uh, a course on effective storytelling, and then it's like that. But I'm wondering if there was, what would you think of some sort of, you know, program or because you know gamers don't like like you're more hands-on, right? Like you <clears> want to be able to be more interactive. Is there? Do you have any ideas like how to make like a program, a software, something, right? That you know people can use and and say, okay, well, if you go to this place or you you use this software, this will automatically, or at least it would be a great starting point for you to have a solid game with narrative. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I, I think she listens to the podcast, so I, th- I assume that she's kind of like jumping up and down right now. But you should check out One More Story Games. I did want to, I did want to um, promote them during <laughs> this store, uh, this podcast because we're talking about games and stuff. But they're they're a developer up in Barry, um, and they specialize in giving tools to uh, um, authors to basically make interactive. Uh, video games based off their short stories and so it's called oh, wow. One More Story Games, uh, I've had them all on right. the show actually if you want to go to soundcloud.com slash Canadian Game Devs, there, there's an interview with uh, Gene and Blair Leggette, um on there uh, they, yeah, that's that's kind of what they, they do, I don't know about the back end stuff um, but I would I would suggest you kind of talk to them because I think, like there's they, they create a program, I think it's called Story Stylus and it is like, it's all about kind of making these games out of out of stories um, so they have a couple of games on there already and, and they're working with uh, the author behind Shakespeare's Landlord making an uh, interactive story based off that game so One More that's Story awesome. Games for yeah, for Canadian okay. slash local sort of twist uh, I would I would recommend checking them out and anyone else listening who likes story based games maybe check out uh, One More Story Games
1: yeah, because I'm thinking like, you know, uh, like unfortunately these days, like a lot of times you hear a lot of complaints, especially let's say with the AAA titles, right? Like, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, what what do, uh, if we were to look at Spider-Man, for example, right? Or, um, okay, let's look at Spider-Man. I'm like, what do they have? Like, they have a lot of resources. They have a lot of not only money and budget, but they have the people that they can bring on board and say, okay, how are we going to? How are we gonna make Spider-Man? This character? What's the script we're gonna use? How's the level? Like all that? Like they have that as a triple A. If you have money and resources, you can do it, and, and relatively easy. So I'm thinking like for the, in, like a, uh, at the grassroots level as a as a regular independent, you know, uh, individual. Like I'm saying, how can you develop a tool? Like I know you said one more story has those tools. I I'll connect with them. It's just trying to think of like hey you know you see where i'm going with this like it's like a a, a engine or or a software or something you know that we can say like okay streamline the process a lot more so it's not just you know putting our hands up in the air and and hope that there is a story that comes out of it like if there was more something solid that you can have more control over what makes a compelling story in that regard
0: yeah i'm not um i'm not sure um I think, uh, I think another good place to discuss this, just so, so I keep promoting things from the website, <laughs> is our Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you go to uh there's a link to the Discord at the top, uh, sure. in the top right corner, that you can kind of join. In. And then I know there's some developers in there, and there's some um, people from across Canada really... Uh, who are gamers, but are also develop? They might be developers as well and stuff like that. So that might be another place to kind of open up that discussion. Because other than one more story games, I'm not sure if I have a, a suitable answer. Um, no worries for you. Perfect. Um, but I think uh, I think that I think that is about it. Or, uh, that, that does. Up- What's the phrase? I think that's. I think that, that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Muhammad, thanks yeah. for joining me, man. It was a great conversation
1: again. Anytime, Steve. Thank you so much. Appreciate your thoughts and. Yeah, again, man, I'm I'm really happy for you that you grew from Toronto Game Devs, and I wish you all the success and like you know not just Canada wide, right? Like you can say you know expand worldwide one day, you know, if if it gets to that level. And Earth why game, not?
0: Earthgamedevs.com.
1: For sure. Planet Planet Earth. Yeah. Planet Earth
0: Game <laughs> Appreciate that man. And uh and, and thank you. And so if if anyone if if anyone's interested in kind of following you or just seeing what like talking to you or, or whatever, what's a good play? How can people kinda of get in touch with you? Like either on Twitter uh, or email or whatever.
1: Yeah, sure. On Twitter you you'll you'll follow me so you can write down at like Mohammed Maxwell M M-A- so my name is M O H A M M E D M-A-X-W-E-L and last name is Hasan. Uh, you can you can see my website Mohammed Maxwell Hassan Same thing m o h a m m e d m a x w e l h a s a n dot com or you know shoot me an email uh, at g- like so it's Mohammed Maxwell at gmail dot com and uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure if we have links that would be easier for people to to uh, to to follow up on that. But again I appreciate your you're hosting this podcast and again I'm opening up the floor because I think these discussions need to be more prominent right and going from there it, it has it's place and it's something that we could all benefit from
0: yeah man and, uh, and again it's CanadianGameDevs.com we're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud go to whichever one you feel most comfortable with and review us, follow us, subscribe, rate us, whatever you want to do uh, and it's just Google Canadian Game Devs and that's where we exist everywhere on Twitch, on Discord, what have you? Uh, and yeah, and thanks again, man. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: For sure. All right. All the best. All right.